This is the CFL Fitcast, and I'm your host, B-Bird. And I'm B-Bougie. And we're here to bring fitness to you in a whole new way. Stay tuned. Awesome. So, episode three. Um, it's been a little while since we've been on here, obviously. Yay. Uh, <laughs> the holidays shook things up a little bit, but we are back in force. Um, I know we put out on Wednesday that we're in the middle of a little bit of a rebranding. Um, so in rebranding in the spirit of that, we want to get back on the podcast and hit it really hard. So uh, 2021, what a year so far, huh? Yeah, I'm so excited about 2021. <laughs> I can I can hear the excitement in your voice. Awesome. <laughs> it is. It is late here, so. <laughs> this is true. This is true. Yeah. Well, we will try to keep it short, but we have a uh, special guest here, uh, one of my lifelong friends from childhood. Uh, if you want to go ahead and introduce yourself. Yeah, absolutely. My name is Holden. Awesome. And where are you at? Re- uh, where are you at right now, Holden? Uh, right now, I'm I'm right down the road in Yakima, Washington, but. Uh, I've been hailing from Sacramento, California for a few years now. Okay. Welcome, welcome. You stay on that West Coast. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And we grew up in small, you know, I want to say the big town of Pinedale, Wyoming, but let's be crazy. You probably can't find it on a map anyway, if you look. (laughs) I challenge all you listeners to go out there, look on a map and find where Pinedale is. Uh, It's a tiny little town in the mountains there, not too far from Jackson Hole, so... But, um, you know, we're starting 2021 and 2020 was pretty crazy for a lot of people, right? Um, Some people would say that it was a horrible year. Others could probably say that it opened their eyes to living a different way. Uh, You know, the reason we're bringing Holden on on, uh, the show today is because he started, I don't even want to say a movement a life coaching type business, but tell us a little bit about Rad Dad Success. Yeah, for sure. Well, uh, I teach dads how to live the good life. And so Rad Dad Success was the culmination of, you know, me spending a lot of years wanting to help people, but not really understanding how, and then reconciling with this reality that I really like teaching people. And I don't know why I didn't want to admit it for so many years, but (laughs) I'm good at teaching. So it was very natural for me. And plus, you know, with my son um, coming along in 2016, it was something where the pieces fell into place. And I realized that all of the problems that I was facing as a dad, number one, I needed to fix those problems. But number two, when I looked out, I realized, well, we got 70 million dads in America and we all have not the same problems necessarily, but they always start to fit in the same grooves. So that's what Rad Dad Success is. It wants okay. to teach dads how to be successful. What, when you say teach dads to live the good life, what does that mean? Good life. Yeah. So the good life is not like a new concept. It's been around now for thousands of years. And it was consistently these people who had the luxury of thinking for the majority of their lives, people like philosophers and leaders and things like that. They pontificated on what a good life meant. And, you know, 
over time it kind of changed and the Greeks thought it was about virtue and, and being a good person led to a good life. And the reality is there's truth in all of that. But at the end of the day, I think now the best way to look at it is through four pillars. They call them the four pillars of the good life and it's health, wealth, love, and happiness. So if you're healthy, if you're wealthy, if you're loved and if you're happy, that's a pretty good life. Not very many people would, would argue with that. No, not at all. And, and with us being a fitness channel, primarily, you know, one of those pillars obviously is health, right? So we started um, back in what, July, I think. Mm -hmm. um, we felt that there was something missing, right? For those normal people, I guess you could say, you know, we're not fitness models or gurus or anything like that. But we thought, hey, you know, there's something missing. Like everyone's stuck at home right now. Um, how do we stay healthy? You know, before the depression sits in, before we're just like, gosh, we're just doing the same thing over and over. And obviously I got lucky here because she extended the invitation out to pretty much anyone in, in Navy recruiting at the time. And, and he was the only one that answered. <laughs> it just, it, it fit along with what I, you know, I love. I love fitness. Uh, I love being able to help others too. And it just kind of all fell into place for me as well. So I think, well, let's start there with the health pillar. Right. So tell us a little bit about what you talk to people about when it comes to health. Um, some of the things you might do yourself and what you would recommend for others. Yeah. Well, I think the important thing is, is that when people look at their lives, you know, and, and the good thing about what I teach and, and what I want to espouse is that what I teach dads, I hope that they teach their families and, and the people who they care about. So the big thing with health, and you hear it from people, they say things like health is wealth and, and all that. And there's so much truth to that. It's like, the, there's a reason that the health is always the first pillar. And I tell people, it's not to say that it's more important, but it's the most important, even though it's a little bit of a, a, a interesting thing to say. But the reality is, is that I like to think of it in terms of physical health and mental health. Mm-hmm. Even though fitness is in physical health, it helps both, right? It helps both physical health and Definitely. mental health. And so what I try to teach dads and what I do for myself is I try to think about uh, my physical health in regards to fitness is basically what I want to be able to do with my body and then what type of activities I need to do to maintain that performance level. So we're all different. I mean... Some dads, they don't care about, you know, playing sports or performing at a high level, but they have trouble just playing with their kids because they have, you know, injuries or, you know, they're, they're so out of shape, that kind of stuff. And so all that plays into it, into helping them live a better life by being a healthier dad, someone who feels good looks in the mirror and you know they like what they see and and that kind of okay. stuff and it's all kind that of the foundation to the other pillars i guess yeah exactly. absolutely absolutely and no one would unfortunately you know people do this but no one in their in their right mind if they sat down and actually had a choice they wouldn't trade their health for money you know right kind of stuff so True. Okay. I mean, that, and that makes sense. And, and obviously, you know, you primarily talk to dads, but 
for all the moms that listen to the show or you, uh, Jamie, like you're a mother. Mm -hmm. It's important, right? So I have two little, little kids. Um, but just being able to run with them and, and do things and pick them up. And it's the functional things that sometimes we don't think of, you know, how many times does, you know, my two year old want to be picked up over and over again. And it's like, when you're said, you know, we sit a lot in our job, um, as recruiters, Good. we're always in a chair or we're always in a car driving somewhere. So it's like, y- you don't realize the tightness you build in your hips and your lower back and all those types of things. And, then when you go to pick up kids, it's like, oh my gosh. Yeah, hurts. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, that health pillar is so important. And I like what you were saying about how, you know, the mental and physical side of it kind of play together, right? Because, you know, it may be tough to get in shape. It may be hard to get going. But as you start to see that transformation in yourself mentally, you start to feel better. You start to think better of yourself. Your self-esteem goes up those around you start to notice that you're more confident, those types of things. So, um, I mean, it's, it's very true that that health pillar is so vital, I think. Yeah. Everything affects everything. So it's, it's crazy, but when you're working out regularly, you have a good routine, it affects every other part of your life. You literally like I know guys and and if they're not working out, they're making less money. They start working out again. They get back into it. All of a sudden their bank account goes up. Their relationships get better. You know, they start to see more clearly, too, because they have that time where they're active and then that time where they rest. So and I know I know for myself. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say for one way or another, I think that's how humans were kind of built. You know, we're we're built to do stuff and then rest it helps us with our our kind of natural uh waking and sleeping cycles so i i would agree with that i mean you think of um you know our ability is as hunter gatherers back in the day like it took effort (laughs) to get up and go to go hunt things and to go out there and provide for the family um and obviously that's that's a, a man or woman job but it doesn't matter what side of the spectrum you fall on um being able to to feel good about you helps everything else. So I, I totally agree with that. Um, is there anything else you guys have on health before we move to the second pillar, which is wealth? No, but I am wondering about wealth. Are you talking about money? Because obviously we're all not millionaires. <laughs> yeah, of course. You know, wealth is is big. I mean, we, you know, we have to have resources to survive. Mm-hmm. And it used to be that everyone had to grow their own food. They had to chop down their own trees to build their house, you know, and that was how you got along. And then at some point we started using money. And so now money is usually the best representation of resources. And as far as dads, you know, most of us, we don't make enough. That's the simple fact. Um, It's unfortunate. And in a certain sense, you know, we can be uh, callous to that and, and just kind of put our heads down and, you know, just keep working at our jobs. But at the end of the day, like we got to have enough, there's no way around it. So yeah, absolutely. That's a big part of it too. Okay. Uh, I mean, that's, that's true. Like it just seems like even when you think you're making more, it's, it's like life catches up. (laughs) Yeah. 
you know, you, you get a raise and you're like, oh, heck yeah. I, you know, I made, I made rank or I, I moved up in a promotion. I, I got a raise. But then it seems like that temporary extra money you think you're getting just becomes, you know, oh my gosh, now I need more. <laughs> it's, it's a never ending chase. Um, one thing you, you mentioned was, you know, people used to grow their own food and things like that. And I know from looking at some of your videos and things like that, you do a lot of that yourself. Tell me a little bit about why you do those things. Yeah, I think, uh, I have a natural attachment to farming and, you know, it's, uh, it's something that I find helps in the same way that working out helps with every area of your life. I think that, you know, having your hands in the dirt and growing things that you eventually eat, you know, and, and especially, you know, for your family, like if you produce food for yourselves, there's a lot of different things going on there. And it sure there's the health aspect, but just in terms of everything that it teaches us and everything that we can learn from living off the land, you know, from everything from seasonality of life, our life in a lot of ways has the same seasons as farming. And there's just so much that we can learn from it. I can't, at this point, I can't not do it because, you know, not only is it a, is it a staple part of my life, but I feel like every year I just, I keep learning more and more about, you know, the, the importance and, and, keeping perspective on things like we take for granted by going to the store and just picking out everything that we can eat. It's very easy to lose sight of how much goes into growing a single head of lettuce or something like that. As trivial as, trivial as it is, when we lose that perspective, I think we lose a lot of value on our own lives. So true. You know what I, I find I, so interesting? Sorry, Bieber. I know you're using But you know what I find so interesting is that it's whether it's the father that's the provider for the house or or the mother or however the, the family structure is set up, the main or the number one goal is always putting food on the table. And it, it's always that first and then the other stuff later, but it's always food on the table. For hundreds of years, probably. <laughs> oh, yeah. And just think of our evolution from getting that food ourselves to right. you know, having to go to the store weekly or daily or what, however often you have to go, right? A lot uh, of times we don't think about it, but it's ingrained in us to, to provide. That is providing. Exactly. I mean, I know where we grew up, <clears throat> Holden, hunting is, is huge, right? So in Wyoming and, and even here in Washington. Uh, self-preservation and being able to hunt animals and things like that. And, you know, you go to some other places in the, the U S or around the world um, and hunting's viewed so differently, but, you know, in some of those small mountain towns and places like that, where we grew up, it's just a, it's a normal staple of life to be able to go out there, you know, uh, kill an animal and honor that animal by providing food for the family. Mm -hmm. and you know it's passed down from generation to generation and it's just one of those things and you know one thing i didn't really think about growing up that ever since you know i started following rad dad success is just growing your own food i always think of meat <laughs> as, as the <laughs> substance right 
but I don't think about, you know, the microgreens and little things like that that are very easy to, to do yourself. Something awesome you can teach your kids. And I would imagine you've had the opportunity to do that. Um, and it passes that knowledge down so we don't lose those those techniques and those that way of life. I think that's cool. Yeah. Well, I don't think we're going to get away from growing food anytime soon. So they're they're doing the lab created meat and stuff like that, but I still we, we've got a few years left of of living off the soil and that kind of stuff. So Yeah, and I mean, just even doing it within your own house. I I think I remember one of your videos a while back of you just doing the microgreens on in the black boxes. Yeah. In your house. I mean, how simple is that? It really doesn't take much at all, but it's a way of self-sustaining for yourself. Um, Yeah. That's cool. Well, and I like it because, you know, one of the big things that I, that I teach is like, you know, you have to, you have to give yourself no excuses. And there's so many ways that we can give ourselves excuses as to why we can't, work out or why we can't eat right or why we can't you know it 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 doesn't end and so that's not the problem the problem is that for the things where we shouldn't have an option we give ourselves that out like we don't have the option not to work out everybody has to do it and so with things like growing microgreens for instance that's something that if you have like a square foot of counter space and natural light and water, (laughs) then you can grow food on your countertop. And it just so happens that microgreens are the most nutritious uh, plants that you can eat. So, you know, you get kind of a, a bonus there, but it's so easy. It's so convenient. And so the fact that, it's, it's checking all these boxes. In a lot of ways, it becomes less convenient not to do it. So it's in your mind, you start, you start justifying it more and more. And that makes it a lot easier when, you know, push comes to shove, when life gets tough, when things get you down, you still have this good habit that you've created because it's, it's just so convenient. So, so true. Oh, that's that's, awesome. that's really funny when people come up to you that and say uh, eating healthy is very expensive. You're like, just grow your own microbiome. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's yeah. true, but it's something that's so often overlooked, right? No one thinks of that. No one realizes. I didn't it. think about it. I mean, it's not even something we've talked about on our show before or even used. And you know, I just feel like it's one of those things that's so simple but we just miss. I mean, it's just like the body weight exercises that we do, right? Like everyone thinks I got to go to the gym. I need equipment, but we have done some brutal workouts, just body weight is we've seen the changes recently. I gained some weight because I was lazy and that's just my (laughs) problem. Um, But awesome. So let's, um, let's move to number three, right? Uh, And this is pretty important one, right? Yeah. Wait, what's number three? Oh, the the the, the third pillar. <laughs> there you go. Sorry, I was putting you on the spot there. <laughs> well, the third pillar, the third pillar is love, and you know, love is all about relationships, it's about the relationship with yourself and the relationship with others, and the world around you. And you know, 
I don't know, we're a little different, you know, our generation is a little different, but it's very easy to look at my dad and see that for a lot of years, dad's had a hard time talking about love and, and talking about their emotions. And it affected him, not in a good way. So the important thing I think is that we have unconditional and universal love for ourselves and everybody else. And I think that ultimately that's the key to, to living a good life. And there's, there's more that goes into it, but as far as a pillar is concerned, like that's the fundamental core is love is, is an infinite resource. You know, we're not limited in how much love we give out, but we tend to guard it because of those, those kind of innate limitations that we learn from, you know, our, our parents or upbringing or just the, the uncertainty of life and how it gets us down. But at the end of the day, love is free. So we might as well, we, we might as well dole it out in droves. So I know dads and moms have different ways of showing love. So, um, you know, while we're more caught, moms are more coddling, cuddling and loving, you know, that that way dads are more like, get back up, get back on the horse. This is, you know, keep going in life type of love. But um, why would you say that that dads have trouble kind of showing that love or what, you know? I think that I think that it stems from a misunderstanding of love because what love became was more of a a glorified idea of these relationships that we have in life. So when we talk about when we love our our significant other, our spouse, you know, what have you, you know, we're usually trying to talk about a specific kind of love then when you when you juxtapose it to like the love we have for our kids or the love we have for our friends or for our parents like we think it's all different and there is some there is some differences there Mm -hmm. but at the end of the day this this idea that we have that kind of divides love into different areas i think that it makes it so that uh it's a little confusing and even to talk about it with dads is tough because, you know, it becomes kind of a, a feminine talk in a way. Like we've attributed a certain amount of femininity to love where it's not a, it's not a woman thing to love. It's like humans love, you know, so we have to get back into it and we have to put away the the ego that kind of tells us you know, to act a certain way because we might be perceived as the, the soft dad and we got to be hard dads, you know, to, in order to, in order to run the house, we got to be like the king of the castle and we can't allow uh, softness or insolence in the household. But the reality is like that, that doesn't really work as well as I think uh, uh, society taught us. So. I know I can tell you from having daughters that there's plenty of moments in my time with them where <clears throat> I am soft. I promise you. <laughs> so so uh, there's just something about it. And obviously sons and daughters, it, it's going to be a little different. Um, you know, I've been blessed. We'll put it that way with 
with girls. So um, <laughs> it's, it's a different, you know, it's a different way of doing it, but it brings out that softness in you. That's might be a little different from, you know, having, having a boy at home. Um, but no, I, I completely agree. It's easy to get caught up in the ego side of it and getting back to that understanding that there's nothing wrong either side. You know, there might be moms out there that are the same way that struggle with that, that love. Cause maybe that's not what they experienced. And so it's a, it's an easy transition, um, to just do what you've been taught and to keep those generational, uh, tendencies going on and on and on. And <clears throat> I think, yeah, that's amazing. Cause if we pass those on, then we're no better than, than our parents. Right. Yeah. Well, and, and, you know, it's love and curiosity are innate. When we're kids, we have no choice but to love and be curious. And then, you know, that's kind of taken away from us at a certain point, you know, whether it's, it's the circumstances of our, our parentage, you know, a lot of us have uh, the struggles of growing up with parents who, you know, might have split or, or we might have had a hard time with our parents or whatever the case is. And so, yeah, all that's learned. I mean, kids don't, kids don't know hate, right? Exactly. They only know love. So yeah, we just got to, we got to find it again. I completely agree. And as we hit the last pillar here and we, we kind of, we'll, we'll shift gears after we hit uh, the pillar. Um, but I believe it was happiness, right? Yes. Yeah. Happiness. And happiness is really, uh, you know, about success, but I think that the big thing is, is we need to redefine happiness uh, really in the same way that we redefine love is happiness right now. Most people think of it as an emotion mm -hmm. where I'm feeling happy, but really what they're talking about is like joy. Like they're feeling the feeling of joy, which is, you know, basically a, a, the right concoction of chemicals that are being secreted in the brain and those feelings, those emotions are valid, but happiness is more of a state of mind mm -hmm. and it's where you reside. And so the big thing for me and, and what I teach dads is if you, if you want to be happy, particularly if you're uh, someone who is depressed and, you know, I don't want to take away from the clinical qualities of depression, but tell dads if you want to be happy you got to have two things you got to have purpose and you got to have progress so you know most of us are out here without a, a purpose in life we haven't taken the time to sit down and in the wise old words know yourself you know know thyself mm -hmm. that stuff and that's what it's all about you got to know what you're you're kind of here for and the good thing mm -hmm. is is i don't think that we're born to do any specific thing yeah. You know, we, we can kind of choose it to a certain degree, but we have to play off of our strengths. But if we have a clear and compelling purpose, like I teach dads how to live the good life, it's clear to me, it's compelling. Mm -hmm. Makes you want to do it. <laughs> yeah. And if we have progress to that end, then you really don't have time to be depressed. Because every, every day I get up, the mission is clear in my mind. I got to help dads. And so as long as that's what I'm doing for, you know, a good portion of the day or, you know, I usually spend at least a few hours a day, like directly 
talking with dads and that kind of stuff or, or making videos and that kind of stuff. And just the act of doing and the act of, of creating and those actions, that's from a scientific perspective, that's what actually creates happiness. And if you read like positive psychology from guys like Daniel Kahneman and, and things like that, that's what they found in the brain when you're, you're happiest when you're doing. So mm-hmm. that's what it's all about. I think, you know, it's funny you say that because um, throughout the holidays, you know, even though getting on Monday, Wednesday, Friday is, is tiring, it's hard. I'll be honest, like some mornings at 530 in the morning, the last thing I want to do is get up to go on to work out. There's some <laughs> days I just want to sleep in um, and it's tough. And so it's like one thing I, I kind of figured out, though, is throughout the holidays when we weren't coming on. I wasn't as as happy about, you know, I, I realized, man, I actually really enjoy getting on and doing that. It's it's fun, you know, even though I might be tired and I might not want to. Um, it sets my day up in just a way where I'm like, it's cool to put content out there for people because someone somewhere might need that. And if I don't come on that day, then they may not be getting what they need to continue their fitness journey. And it's easy to say, well, just go look at an old video we did. But some people might look forward to their Monday, Wednesday, Friday, waking up and doing it. And I try to keep that mindset, right? Because it's easy to fall into just like, oh, gosh, another Wednesday workout. You know what I mean? And and so, you know, getting up and and making sure that, that, you know, that's a purpose of mine is to get on there and do that. And it it brings pride to me to get on there. I I don't know if it's the same. You never regret it, though. That's the one thing. You may not feel like doing something positive or you may not feel like getting up and working out or whatever it may be, but you never regret it. That's that's yeah that's the that's the big thing with you know with everything in life is when when you do the thing that needs to be done then you always feel better yeah it doesn't seem to matter what it is but like you know if it it could be it could be the worst thing you know you gotta you gotta clean a a dirty diaper right (laughs) (laughs) anything like that like but when we it's interesting because the mind basically was programmed for uh, one thing and that was to make decisions and it only likes to make uh, dichotomous decisions. It's all about yes or no. It's all about pain or pleasure. And so all of these things that we perceive as pain, things like doing, doing what we don't want to do and stuff like that. Well, most of the time it's a trick that's being played on us because most of the time, the thing that, our brain doesn't want us to do is a thing that we need to do. So it's a, it's a, it becomes a fun game to play of, especially when you're getting up early and, and stuff and, and working out and pushing your body to the limits and things like that is you're, you're actively going against what your brain wants. Your brain doesn't want you to overexert itself because it gets worried that it's not going to have enough calories to survive the next day. So huh. it's, it's a, it's a fun game to be sure to, to play tricks back at your brain. Very interesting. It's funny that you say that. Cause I, you know, the whole purpose of our rebranding and starting 2021 off, right. Is that new year's resolutions play a big key into everyone's lives every single year. 
Everyone always has a New Year's resolution. It's usually a fitness one to start with and maybe to eat healthier or I'm going to do something different or go back to school or whatever the case may be. And it's funny that you say that, right? Because in our minds, our minds don't want to do those things, especially when you've not done it before. If, if fitness has not been a thing for you or you, you, know, you want to lose weight, but then when you actually have to get up every day to go do it, you're like, nah, I don't want to be here. I don't want to do this. <laughs> And you might be motivated for what the first 20 days of uh, January, you know, where we're at right now, but day 21, it's like, and I'm falling off. Uh, <laughs> and mine takes over. It's, it's so common to see gym memberships, right? You know, obviously in a non COVID environment, gym memberships shoot through the roof January 1st. But then what happens late January? All those people who signed up stopped going. And, you know, in, in your line of work, um, have you seen any of that so far this year where it's been kind of a tough task to keep some dads on track? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, we have a buildup to January 1st and 2020 was obviously like the biggest one yet for most people's lives is that we had this tremendous buildup to 2021. And so we really set a high bar mm -hmm. and there's the, the pitfalls of that, which are, you know, just, you just look at the statistics. It's like 98% of people fail at keeping their new year's resolution. And so, you know, the big thing I think particularly with dads is that there's not really a whole lot that changes from December to January. So there's just a better way to look at it than I'm going to wait until January 1st to get started on the things that I want. True. That's a, that's a dangerous precedent to set because it could be January 2nd and then all of a sudden you're like, I'm going to wait until January 1st next year. <laughs> all of a sudden you're, you're living a life at 80 and you have a lot of regrets. So True. You know, with, with dads, it's tough because, and, and obviously moms go through this too, and, and really everybody, I've talked to at this point, like, I don't know, just thousands and thousands of people, um, not just dads, because uh, I used to do a lot of business consulting too, and everybody's busy. Of course. Even, even people, even during COVID, like, you know, they still, you know, they're at home, whatever, and things like that. They're still busy, parents especially, right? So you can't make goals in your mind. And I just wrote a, I wrote like a guide on how to create habits recently. And I said in there, it's like, don't create this goal of making a miracle happen. Don't create a goal of waking up at 5 AM and changing your life because that's not how change works. Mm -hmm. It's gotta be slow, consistent. Mm -hmm. And like you said, you know, we're here in, you know, the third week of January, and a lot of people are going to fall off. And that's because those first 21 days, they're running on pure willpower. They're just like giving it everything they got. Well, the issue is that willpower doesn't last. It's like a phone battery. And the more you use your phone, you know, you use it for YouTube and TikTok and stuff like that. The battery drains a lot quicker. Mm -hmm. And most people are using their battery up so that by the middle of January, they're done. Makes sense. You know, I just, 
I just posted that the other day that it's not that your goal is too big. It's that you try to accomplish it all at one time. And that's what made you fail. You know, I, it's funny you say that because when we first started the show, it was like, I want to reach a thousand people and I want to reach all these people and we're going to create this and we're going to create that. And, you know, when we would log on live, like you can see, you know, we can see how many people are kind of watching it and you're just like, oh, cool. 16 people are with us. And you're, you're just setting that as like your precedence, right? Like every time I get up on Wednesday and Friday and Monday, 16 people are going to be on there. We might have 25. And then you get those days where it's like one person's watching with you. Two people. I'm pretty sure that was your phone. (laughs) (laughs) And I am just like, I would, I would be lying to everyone if it's not discouraging at times, because it's like, gosh, man, like, you know, just last week we had a lot of people show up. What are we doing wrong that changed it? But it, it's the consistency you know, we still have to get on. We still have to. And and I think um, Master Chief Carpio said this to us one time and he said, it, it doesn't matter the numbers. It's not the quantity of who we're reaching, right? It's, it might only be that one person, but that one person may not have had any motivation from anyone else. And maybe we, we changed that life. And it's the same for you with um, Rad Dad Success. Maybe they just happen to be scrolling through TikTok and they see your video and it, the light bulb went off and it was like, maybe that's all that they needed. Whether they even contact you and they just watch your TikTok videos or whatever from here on out, that's enough. You know, if it makes an impact, your purpose has been fulfilled. Yeah. That's, that's the goal, you know, is, is, and in my mind, I think the strategy is like, I just want to inundate the online world with all of this good information because it's stuff that doesn't usually permeate people's, uh, you know, basically the front of their eyes, you know, they never get to see it usually. So the more that I can put it out there, the more chances I have of, you know, a dad picking it up and making the changes that in all honesty can save their lives. Mm -hmm. And when we look at, statistics and stuff and we see that the majority of dads are not only unhealthy but barreling towards chronic disease Mm -hmm. things like diabetes and heart disease and cancer and not to mention all the mental health uh, issues particularly now with the pandemic and and people getting the cabin fever and and stuff like that like these are big problems yeah. And it takes a it takes a big vision to conceive of of ways to help people to that degree. But I'm not saying that I'm not that big mind, but as much as I can do, I know that I'm going to do it because I know that those 70 million dads, for instance, I read the study. Eighty five percent of us wish that we had a more central caretaker role in our families mm-hmm. so 85% of us so many of us and we don't spend the time with our family that we don't want to spend that we want to spend with them that's true and, and I and even with the time being home right now like people still find ways to not spend time with each other whether it's turning Netflix on and you you forget on about the phone. This. 
video and games. It, yeah. And, and at first of the pandemic, everyone's like, oh, yeah, we get to be home together. This is great. But, you know, two months into it, people are starting to get bored. And then you just, you know, you, you see it when you go out. You can watch families, watch families, and all of them will be on an, on a device sitting at a table outside or whatever and not talking to each other. How many times have we seen that? And it's we have to get back to the communication. Um, you mentioned something interesting that, you know, you may not be the big voice that's going to reach all of them, but you're doing your part, right? So community, and it kind of takes me back to that pillar of love again, right? So if all of us are willing to get on here and do a little bit mm -hmm. and be there for each other, you know, and we kind of work at this together, you know, obviously our platforms are different, but we still have somewhat of a same goal, right? To help other people. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be fitness minded. It doesn't have to be life coaching or whatever the case may be. But if we can all lean on one another, then we reach more, you know, and that's the key is showing everyone that we're all in this together. Right. Well, we've kind of heard that not to be cliche or anything, but it's true. Yeah. Well, collaboration is key. No, no one is an island. And I think that a lot of people for a lot of years were filled with these machinations that you can be a strong, successful individual. But I'm just like, name one person who did it alone. You're never going to find them. True. Every, everybody always had people there, you know, whether it was mentors or peers or advisors or students, you know, and, and anything like that. It's like when you look through history, you find that everybody had someone, at least one person. The highest likelihood is that they had a lot of people around them who were helping them. And so, yes, that is that is the goal is particularly for me like i want to build an army of spartan dads who live <laughs> a good life and go out and conquer the world you know and and in a good way obviously <laughs> yeah <laughs> taking it over <laughs> but you know get as many people living the good life as possible because uh right now it's it's a low percentage yeah. so got to up those numbers well, you know, I, it kind of gets us to a good place to wrap it up. Um, you know, we've, we've talked about living the good life. Um, we went through the four pillars, which I didn't even know, to be honest with you. So I, I wrote those down. Like, I'm going to take that and run with it. Um, we talked a little bit about New Year's resolutions and uh, some of the pitfalls. Even us on this screen, I'm sure, still struggle with at times. Uh, but mm -hmm. I think the last thing is, you know, where can people find you? Um, and what are, what are the different platforms that you utilize and ways that you're looking to expand your vision in 2021? For sure. Well, uh, I'm on Facebook, Holden Vargas. You know, I, I always encourage people to friend me because I have a public profile for a reason. You know, I want to be open with people and accessible. Uh, but I have, uh, my page on there is Rad Dad Success, of course. And I have a, a YouTube channel. The TikTok, it's all under the same uh, name, Rad Dad Success. And uh, I just started my my group too, my private Facebook group. And that's that's where the magic's going to happen. That's where we're going to have a lot of uh, back and forth between dads. But 
you know, moving forward, I think the big thing is, is just to add on in, in good ways. You know, I, I'd love to see a rad dad podcast, have you on and, all that and, and move forward and, and just keep helping people. You know, the, the goal, my first goal is a million dads, help a million dads. And if, if that's all I ever did, I'd be happy. But then I have another 69 million in the U S that I can (laughs) handle. And if I can get all those, then, then I can go worldwide. And I don't know how many dads are in the world. I haven't, I haven't figured that out yet. Well, if each dad helps a million dads, then it'll get bigger. There we go. Make, make it smaller in the round. Well, thank you so much for coming on, man. It was awesome to see you again. It's been quite a while. Um, do you have anything else, Jamie, before we, uh, sign off today? No, I just appreciate you coming on and sharing with us and it's inspiring and I wish you luck with Rad Dad's success and we'll keep stalking your pages and, <laughs> and using your inspiration. All right. Awesome. Yes. Well, thank you, thank you guys. We're going to close it out. Episode three of CFL Fitcast, and stay tuned for more. Have a good evening.